Representing Equity is a Northeast Pennsylvania business podcast that highlights regional business owners from marginalized and historically underrepresented groups. This podcast is a means of not only amplifying these businesses, but also raising awareness of some of the hurdles and concerns underrepresented businesses face here in Northeast PA. This podcast is sponsored by the Wilkes-Barre Connect program, the entrepreneurial and economic development arm of the Greater Wyoming Valley Chamber of Commerce. Connect just introduced a brand new equity initiative called the Connect Inclusive Program, which was created to address systemic and historical barriers to entrepreneurship and business growth experienced by individuals from minority communities. We do this by providing accessible resources specifically tailored to their needs, providing them with all stages of education and technical resources to start up or continue to grow their business. For more information on Connect Inclusive, please visit our website at wyomingvalleychamber.org. All right, well, welcome everybody back to another episode of Representing Equity. Today, I am here with Apollo Mondesir of Rocksteady Consulting. Welcome. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, Dan. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Not a problem. Thank you for coming down. Talk to me about Rocksteady. What is it you do? Because every time I tell somebody what you do, you're always kind of like, well, <laughs> not quite that. It's more than that. It's this. What is it you all do? Well, uh, um, I guess I would say Rocksteady Consulting is is a family in a way mm-hmm. that um, over the years we've built this group of people, I guess I'll say, you know, our team and I'm oh, sorry. And, and this team that we've built, um, each of them has an expertise and each person's expertise cultivates to an entire ecosystem that mm-hmm. we've built within our company to solve problems for others in a way where most consultancies, they'll say, Hey, I can give you a write-up, you know, I can give you some information, but I do my best to provide you the solution. We say to people, look, we're going to find you the solution however we find it, the best way we know how, but we're also going to bring you the best information that we can. So that way you don't have to go back and do it again twice. Because a lot of people in the business world complain about, you know, various different businesses providing them services. Mm -hmm. And then the services aren't on par. And they've paid an arm and a leg for these services. But every person who owns a business, their dream and their vision is to be successful. Mm -hmm. They didn't open a business for anything else besides saying, hey, I believe in this and this is what I want to stand for. Right. And so if we can help people guide them on that path, that's really our biggest focus. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we've taken the time over these three years to really like harness in on that that capacity of being able to solve problems Mm -hmm. through sustainable um, options, through sustainable practices through um, guidance, education, mentorship. You know, um, we have clients that say to us, I've never, I don't know anything about marketing. Mm-hmm. And we say, well, be happy to teach you about it. But while we're teaching you about it, we're going to help you get it done. So that way you're, you're start with, uh, I guess, an advantage, I would say. Because I feel like everybody deserves an opportunity to be great. But a lot of people don't have that option. They don't have that capacity. They don't have that know-how or that means from the very beginning and people that already have it are usually like, Oh, well, you know, I'll sell you the information if you'd like. <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, we make it more of an education process. Gotcha. And that's kind of where we stand, you know? And when you say consultancy, cause I feel like it's one of those words that people say, Oh, I'm a consultant and no mm-hmm. one knows what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so how would you define consultancy for yourself so, and your company? So for us, consultancy is, um, providing the answers without having to sit there and say, I don't know. I'll never come back to you and say, I don't know. That's one thing. Nobody on my team will actually. There's, so uh, just briefly, by the way, there's there's 19 of us across the globe. We're in six different countries. Oh, wow. Um, we're in the United States, Colombia, Pakistan, Canada, um, Australia, and the UK. Uh, we work with organizations like the United Nations. We work with organizations like universities in, for instance, the University of Lahore in Pakistan. Caldas University in Colombia, um, Kampala University in Uganda. You know, we've reached out to these various different places to provide assistance because people have come to us and say, hey, you know, this is what we're looking to do over here. Can you guide us? So um, for us, consultancy is basically being a problem solver, Mm -hmm. but also being insightful, you know, kind of like back in the day when they had the wise man. Mm I feel like the wise man was a consultant. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Uh, and so can you talk a little bit about some of the projects you worked on then? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So uh, one of our biggest projects is working with the Moses West Foundation. 
And um, so I'm also the executive assistant to the founder, Moses West himself. And what we do is we try to provide and alleviate, um, you know, problems of water scarcity on a global perspective. Gotcha. So uh, the foundation produces water that in tunes of hundreds of thousands of gallons of water a day from air, Mm -hmm. you know, with renewable energy such as solar, hydrogen energy, things like that. And uh, that's been our biggest focus, but it's led to a lot of things for us as gotcha. well. You know, um, we are now uh, ISO certified in, ver- in various different ISO f- 50,001, 14,001, which relate to like greenhouse gases, energy management, um, waste management, things mm-hmm. like that. We went out to get those certifications so we could be more from formidable, you know, in the field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Um, and so what... You said it's been three years. What was it? I guess I heard here. What were you doing before Rocksteady comes along? Yeah. And so what, what what were you doing before that, that that leads you into this, I just want to solve problems. Like, I'm not going to put a <laughs> label on it. I just, you have a problem, I'll solve it. And so what were you doing before then that sort of led you into this? Uh, so when I graduated college, I worked at Mizuho Securities for, I believe, like nine months. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I looked at the gentleman to my right. I looked at the gentleman to my left. And the gentleman to my right said he's been there for 17 years. Mm-hmm. Got a 3% increase in salary every year. And he was happy about that. Gotcha. And the gentleman to my left was also entry level like me. And he was like, you know, man, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> but he stayed. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not, what? 17 years, 3% increase in salary? <laughs> and you're making them billions? No, 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 no. Gotcha. I'm going to go try something else. So I, uh, I quit that job and, you know, I opened a concierge company mm-hmm. and, uh, a, con- a concierge basically like some similar to a hotel concierge, except what we did was we specialized in putting people on things like private planes, um, arranging mm-hmm. hotel reservations, getting you primary access into like a restaurant that's booked for four months, mm-hmm. things like that. Gotcha. You know? Um, and over time, I realized that a lot of our clients were business professionals mm-hmm. that would come to us for like advice on things that had nothing to do with consulting or I'm sorry, with concierge work. And so we were like, OK, well, yeah, I know somebody who could probably provide you some, some right. insight to that. And so those connections started. And over the years, you know, I've opened an online grocery business. Mm-hmm. I actually moved to Pennsylvania back in uh, 2021 mm-hmm. and uh, to the Stroudsburg area gotcha. to open an online grocery store. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what really brought me to this area because it was at the very beginning of the pandemic and we were delivering groceries up and down the East Coast from Florida all the way to New York oh, because wow. we were reducing the price for people, mm-hmm. providing better quality goods for lower prices because of what was going on in the meat industry at the time. And so, um, you know, from there, once we sold that business, you know, one of the things was we were like, well, what, what do we would like to get into next? You know, and... We have a background in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And so we said, all right, well, let's just see what we what we do in this music thing first. And then, mm-hmm. you know, consulting really called to us because gotcha. we were all like, well, it's a lot of problems out here that we could probably solve as a unit and as a business. Right. And so Rocksteady Consulting was born three years ago. Gotcha. All right. Um, and so it sounds like it's it's not just you or just this person. It's that it's you, you have a collective. Yes, sir. It's of, an ecosystem. Of, yeah, of individuals who... I may be good at doing this one thing and individually, sure, I'll be successful. But if I if I'm doing this one thing and it relates to this over here and you are an expert in that, why do I need to figure it out? Because you already do that. Exactly, sir. And so by hiring on Rocksteady, it's not like you're getting one expert. You're getting a whole bunch of experts who can help you in whatever the problem is. Yes, sir. Okay. And it's like a... A lot of times it's conflicting parties, you mm-hmm. know, in other places where like, you know, one marketing person might not work with another marketing person. I'm not about that. Right. You know, I feel that things in life shouldn't take 50 meetings, 30 phone calls and 20 emails. Gotcha. You know, if that's what you do, I'm not a professional in everything, but I definitely know how to pass the ball. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, so, you know, like you said, yeah, we have a professional for just about anything on our mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, we'll find somebody, you know. So how did you build this team then? How do you how do you go about sort of collecting these individuals? It's uh, I guess I could say it's kind of like you ever you ever play an RPG game. Mm-hmm. So like you know when that like the main the main character is walking down this path, right? And along this path he finds one person who's added to the party, then right. another person's added right. to the party. Right. All of a sudden 
you now have this 16 person group that, you know, can go take on things in the world. Right. That's kind of how we came about, you know, throughout the business started with me my girlfriend and my business partner, Kamar Houghton. Mm-hmm. And um, he's the CEO of Josco Incorporated, which is our, our record label. Gotcha. And, um, you know, he was like, like, listen, you you need to do this. You know, <laughs> you need to do this. Like, you need to definitely push this forward. And, you know, um, funny enough, my girlfriend actually came up with the name. Oh, um, right. Yeah, because our so our talent management company is called True Flight Management. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so with uh, it's like earth and water, earth, earth and sky, I mean. Earth and sky. Okay. True flight, rock yeah. steady. The rock steady is the mountains. True flight is the air. Okay. And so that's kind of how we found that uh, that synergy, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, she was like, you know, you should call it rock steady. She even designed our logo. That's awesome. Yeah, you know. Um, so it's something I'm really proud about because mm-hmm. it's like people in the business world will say that you can't go into business with your friends. You can't go and do things with your friends because it's just not going to work out. Well, right. we're a living proof and example. You know, three years strong of a group of people who came together. Yeah. Just friends and like we're like, hey, let's do this. All right, very cool. Uh, and so you talked about uh, the Moses West, Moses West, right? Yeah, Moses uh, West. And so some, uh, some talk about some of the other projects or or things yeah. that we 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 may have seen out in the world that we don't realize Rocksteady may have had their hands in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we uh, the 2023 United Nations Water Conference that just passed. Mm-hmm. So there is only one every 50 years, and the last one was before you know before right. my time. <laughs> right, right, right. And so uh, we had the the fortune to be able to present about water scarcity at the UN Water Conference. Oh, wow. And so we spoke in front of over 100 different countries mm-hmm. um, in four different presentation sessions about resources that we can provide on a global level. Gotcha. And so you might hear about the wheat issue mm-hmm. that's currently going on right now in the world. Um, well, the U.S. is hoping to fix that you right. know, by working with several other countries that exist in the world, like the Philippines, like, um, you know, more U.S. amicable countries. And so we are providing a contained facility that that will be able to produce wheat mm-hmm. and other fruits and vegetables in a 40,000 square foot space mm-hmm. that's, ho- that's entirely off grid. Okay. And we intend to deploy that in several different countries over the next six months. Oh, wow. And over so, the next six months. Yeah, yeah. If you'd like, I could show you, uh, <laughs> I could show you what it would look like a little bit briefly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but um, in the meantime, you know, one of the things is that we, the biggest thing we've done as of late that people might not know about, I guess I would say, is that um, we were in Jackson, Mississippi mm-hmm. when the treatment plant failed. Gotcha. You know, we brought a unit down there. Mm-hmm. You know, people have never seen water produced from air before in their life. Mm-hmm. We did that. Right. You know, um, we work with companies like aerospace companies. Mm-hmm. You know, we consult for a client that's in aerospace that's currently actively providing resources and training to, you know, various different international bodies across the globe. Right. We're teaching them how to build sustainable carbon credits attributed to these flights. Mm-hmm. You know, we are um, actively working with organizations around the globe, mm-hmm. like the National Institute of Building Sciences, for example. Um, Nina is a director mm-hmm. uh, for education, credentialing. And, uh, you know, she's really like opened our eyes to the sense of what's possible in the building environment in relation to sustainability. And so now our goal is to try to do that right here. Right. You know, our goal is to try to bring sustainable options to Wilkes-Barre, mm-hmm. solar options to Wilkes-Barre, you know, um, electric vehicle charging to Wilkes-Barre, mm-hmm. starting with this building here. Right. And so a lot of the things that, you know, we'd like to do for not just this city, but for the nation, mm-hmm. we're actively in process of doing it. Right. Very cool. And so that's actually one of the cool things I was going to talk about was a switch. So you said this building right here. So we're recording in the Luzerne Bank building, downtown Wilkesbury on the square. Um, talk about some of the things that you've either done in the building or even locally that we may not realize, oh, that's rock steady. Yeah, I mean, well, we we just got here like mm-hmm. two months ago. Yep. So we're we're fairly new in the area. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, one of the things is in this, specifically in this building, too, mm-hmm. you know, we're hoping to, like, make sure that the businesses that are here get the support that they need mm-hmm. in the sense of, you know, there are so many great business owners in this building mm-hmm. that might not have the advertising mm-hmm. that the building is providing. And mm-hmm. so we'd like to provide that advertising. We'd like to get that message out there. We'd like the people in the building to operate as an ecosystem like we do at Rocksteady. Right. Because, you know, if there's a person who's doing marketing on one floor mm-hmm. and recording on another floor, right. they should, right. they should right. be working right. together, right. you know? <laughs> um, and so... I feel like a lot of that that um, individuality yeah. that exists out here, I think if it was all brought together, mm-hmm. 
there would be a lot that's offered. Like there's there's so much government funding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's available for various different initiatives that could be tapped into by working together. Right. So that's what we'd like to do here. Mm-hmm. And um, we've actively started that process okay. over the past, since pretty much since the day we got here, you know, and uh, I hope that there are more things in the future that we can say that we've done in this area that have benefited the community mm-hmm. and come back and tell you about it too. Very cool. Um, so it sounds like you you got this company that, Rather than do the the day to day for someone else, yeah, you decided I wanna I want to be the one in charge. I want to be the sort of the guiding force and visionary for this company. Mm-hmm. You're doing these projects nationwide, worldwide. Why are you in Wilkes-Barre? <laughs> and don't tell me it's the girlfriend. And no, that's, no, that's it, what brings you it, here. It, and absolutely, like, but like, what in the of all? Like, you look at a whole map of the United States, mm-hmm. and where are we putting Rocksteady's base of operations and you talked about you were here for being down uh, more towards Central PA and Lehigh Valley and those things. Mm-hmm. And, but now you're here. What what brings you to Wilkes-Barre and makes you look at this area and go, we can do this here? Well, I uh, so I actually lived in Manhattan on mm-hmm. uh, 53rd and 11th. Okay. And uh, <laughs> So what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, well, no, I lived there beforehand. I lived yeah. there, you know, and that was one of the things that, like, it, um, all that money I paid in rent. Yeah. All that, like all those amenities mm-hmm. that were that were non-existent during COVID, you know, made me realize something. You know, it's like I'm paying all this money right. to live in a place that I can't even use half the things in the building, anyways. Right. And so, you know, it it put a lot of things in perspective for me. Mm-hmm. But also, um, you know, being that we're a remote business, mm-hmm. we can really go anywhere. Right. But like the point, the the key point is being close to an airport. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. The key point in Avoca is mm-hmm. right over here. Right, right, right. When we lived in Stroudsburg, it was an hour to any airport regardless. Gotcha. No matter what. And so if there was like in a, like there are times, for example, um, I've once had to go out to like uh, Jackson, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Immediately. We had to leave like the next day. Right. Um, that was done from air from I flew from Newark, right. which was an hour and a half trip in like. 90 to 100 miles out. Yeah. And it just seemed like really far, you know. So here it's close in proximity to the airport. Mm-hmm. It's close in proximity to good people, right. to my girlfriend's family, mm-hmm. um, the people that we know. And all in all, I mean, I like it out here. Yeah. Like, you know, I think it's nice out here. Mm-hmm. Like when I first came to see the apartment here, mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is, this is a, this, I like it in this building. It's okay. You know? All right. All right. All right. Um, But I feel like any city, yeah. any city could, could benefit from being sustainable any mm-hmm. city could benefit from more professionals in the city right you know and um if it wasn't here probably would have been florida or philly mm-hmm. but florida is a little iffy right now you know yeah well you know <laughs> <laughs> the environment in florida yeah yeah understand <laughs> um but like i was born and raised in florida actually um i was born in key west florida and then i moved to uh broward county when i was a baby mm-hmm. and i grew up there up until high school, went to Fordham Prep in New York City for high school. Gotcha. Uh, went to University of Miami, ran track and field for four years there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I speak four, four language fluently. Right, you know, right. I, I went to China for a year. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's really just about where the heart is, I yeah. guess I would say. Because I could live in California, I could live in Denver, I could live wherever. But, you know, I feel happiest here. Yeah. Very cool. That's a, it's, it's, it's always interesting to see, as someone who's a transplant as well, what is it about the region that sort of gets you here? And then what do you feel now that you're quality. here? Yeah. The air, air quality. quality. Talk about that. The air quality, a thousand percent. <laughs> so, like, you see how there's a lot, there's a lot of trees out here. Mm-hmm. And as a, as, as a sustainability consultant, I know how bad the air quality is, is in cement cities like New York City. Right. In places like Arizona. Um, Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia is a heat island. Yes, like, yes, it is. Like it's a heat island, wholeheartedly. Yeah. Twenty degrees hotter in the center of the city than anywhere else. Yep. And so, with all of these things in the consideration, when I look around and I see lots of trees, mm-hmm. it almost feels like I belong in this sense over here because the air quality here is much more different. Like mm-hmm. if you drive to New York right now, right, you will feel yeah. Like your chest feels a little tighter after living over here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't trade that. I wouldn't wow. trade that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Which is again, it's just always you, whenever people are trying to figure out how do you sell the area and all these different things, and that's a new one. Is just you can breathe easier. Yeah, yeah. Like what are you? What what isn't you know? 
is the air quality important to you or is that high rise important to you? That is the yeah. That is the real question, you know. Oh wow. All right. That's very deep. That's very deep. That's a good one. So um you're a young black man. Yes, sir. Who is doing things on a global level. Talk to me about what your experience has been like. I know for me, I remember and you know, you walked in and oh yeah, this is who's helping. I was like yeah, yeah, yeah. Is another black dude in the building? Like, yeah, yeah. That's you know, is it legitimate? You know, when you and it's one of those weird things, which is where this podcast comes out of. You know, when we talk business, our faces and our aren't always what we're seeing. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's getting better. It's improving. We're seeing more diversity, or you know, more more women being sort of lifted up, and or the LGBT community veterans. We're seeing a lot more. But what has your experience been like as a young black man who is moving in a lot of sectors that? we just don't normally see someone yeah. who looks like you moving in. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, um, as he slowly leans back. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I had, to, I had to think of the best way to say it. No, you no, know, it's, it's the just, best way. just let it go. Yeah. um, <laughs> it's not easy, right? It's not easy because of the fact that nobody thinks, you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Nobody thinks that you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Nobody thinks that you have any sense in what it is that you're saying. So you have to prove yourself 10 times harder. You have to show people that at the end of the day, what you're saying is so irrefutably true that if they were to doubt you, they may as well go and die. (laughs) (laughs) That is that is that is the that is, I guess I would say, the heart of it for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's um, but I I guess I would say I live my life like that. You know, I was my parents. I'm so I'm Haitian. I'm Haitian American. Mm -hmm. Um, My. uh. My father and my mother, they both came to this country. My father when he was 20, my mother when she was in her younger years. Mm-hmm. And when my mother was growing up in school, right, she was a very smart individual. You know, my mother spoke six languages. She was an architect. Um, she did a lot of work in the world as a whole. But her childhood was marred by people who don't look like us mocking her, making fun of her, picking fun of her teasing her at school to the tune where her, my uncle, her older brother was in a fight every day because of that, you know, because he had two sisters. Right. He's not going to let him pick on his sisters. And so because of that, he's in a fight every day, wow. you know? And so like that mentality that you have to be better than everyone else, not in a sense of being better than people, like looking down on people, but you, you legitimately, right. Like, you can't go in there with 80%. You mm-hmm. can't go in there with 90%. You right. got to go in there with 200%. Right. And hope that they look at it as 100%. Right. And it's interesting because that's one of the things that we talk about, you know, working in the field of DEI is that this notion that my my 200% is barely your 80%. Yeah. And that your 80 is, we can work with that. Yeah. But at 200%, well, I don't know. Yeah. Do they know what they're talking about? Have yeah. we checked their credentials and that that stress of mm-hmm. I have to be overprepared for every room I walk in because someone who's underprepared looks the part. Yeah. Well, you know, funny enough, right? I've uh I learned real early on mm-hmm. that it's you either you're either first or last. Gotcha. And I guess it's kind of a harsh way to say it, but um I ran track most of my life mm-hmm. and if you're second, nobody cares. Gotcha. If you're third, nobody cares, you know? So it's like going into the world with that understanding that it's just how you have to live. Mm-hmm. Like, it used to stress me out when I was younger. Yeah. And now I pride myself on it. Like, okay. I pride myself on the fact that um, I'm a black CEO. Mm-hmm. And I pride myself on the fact that I have a diverse team. I have I have, I have Hispanics, Asians. Um, Jewish people, white people. I have all kinds of people on my team. Right. You know, and I pride myself on being able to bring a group of people together Mm -hmm. that are so diverse that look past that. Yeah. You know, that see that when, like, I, if I look at a person of any other race, any other color, I don't look at them the same way they might look at me. Right. Because at the end of the day, I look at everybody. Everyone to me starts at 100%. Gotcha. You know, whatever you, you, you could be the mass murderer of 1995. Right. If I don't know about it and you come to me and you introduce yourself, you started 100% with me until I pro- until proven otherwise. Okay. You know? All right. All right. A um, couple of things you said that, that are interesting. One is the the flip of the overpreparedness is no longer 
going to stress me out is what I'm going to pride myself on. Mm-hmm. The fact that I, I know I have to do all this extra work. Yeah. Rather than let it get me down. Yeah. I'm just, that'll be my point of pride. Yeah. What was it? When was it that you were able to make that switch? Cause I know for, I know, I know for a lot of black and brown folks and even with women, you know, specifically with women, that that's, that's that, that, that's that crushing issue mm-hmm. that I hear a lot in these interviews and working in the spaces that it's not so much that I can't do the work. It's how much extra work I have to do just to be seen. What was it for you that allowed that switch to happen? Uh, <laughs> I, my business partner, Kamar, mm-hmm. uh, his name, Kamar Houghton, he's from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Joss Gold Incorporated stands for Jamaican American Alliance Collective, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, he wasn't born an American citizen. Mm-hmm. He had to get his citizenship. He went through the trials and tribulations of getting his citizenship in this country. And um, during that process, right, he like explained to me about how difficult it was. And like, I've heard about it from my family members and everything like that. And so one of the things is that as a black person in this country, when you're good at something Mm -hmm. and you're one of the best at it, then you stand on that. Right. You know, you stand on that more so than anything else because you've proven you're like with, with Rocksteady Consulting, right? When we first, our first project, people asked us, Hey, you know, maybe do they know what they're doing? Our second, they said, nah, you don't remember those boys did that back there. Right. The third, there was no question. So now, right, when we say something, mm-hmm. people move. Right. But we had to do we had to get to that point. Right. And so it's like that for every almost all of but certain places there is never that point to achieve. Right. There is never that that's why we don't work for other people. Right. That's the whole reason because of that. Because we never want I never want anybody on my team to feel like they can't get a promotion. Mm-hmm. They can't get more money. They can't work harder. They can't do this, that, and the third. Because leadership will stop them. Right. Right. Because leadership will say, nah, nah, that's not you. That's that's the next man over there and put somebody who's worse at it. Nah. Mm-hmm. Every time I look, even if they're not part of my team. Right. For example, we're looking at technicians for this building here mm-hmm. to do repairs for the building because we've had poor workmanship done by outside parties. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for new parties to come here and take over that, right? If you come to me and tell me you know what you're talking about and you show me you know what you're talking about, I don't have another question about it. Gotcha. And- that's the kind of mentality that I want for everybody on my yeah. team, but also all of our people. I want to show all of my people, mm-hmm. all of Haitians, black, black Americans, whoever it may be that believes that they are not um, qualified or applicable for a job mm-hmm. or for a position. Don't let them tell you that. Right. Don't let them ever tell you that because they'll say that time and time again. They've been saying that for 200 years. Yeah. Yeah. 200 years. And look at what we've made. Look at what we've created. Our founder, Moses West, mm-hmm. retired captain in the Army Rangers. Oh, wow. Black men, retired captain in the Army Rangers, making machines that produce water from air. For 11 years, he's made 10-plus units for the United States military, sole contract holder. And still, companies say, hey, man, we got to come see it and test the water first. Right. This man is certified by the federal government. Oh wow! Certified by the federal government, he's in D.C. and he's on D- he's going to D.C. on the first mm-hmm. to do a whole presentation. Spoke to the mayor of New York. Yeah. Spoke to the United Nations, and still people after that say, "Hey man, I don't know. Can we come see it and test the water?" Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we have testing reports. Yeah. We have units in the field. Right. We have footage of us in many cities, and so I, I don't I don't know of a better example. Yeah. Than that right there. To show the differences. So now, he's before he was, for years, he told me his struggles were dealing with the fact that people legitimately said, nah, you know, I don't know, bro. Yeah. And now he's like, nah, you know what? I'm going to build these units and whoever wants them, wants them. Whoever doesn't want them, wants them. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. Right. And I'm like, see, I see yeah. how much better you feel now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do the work and I'm going to let the outcomes. Yeah. It's, it's rather than being focused on the individual Focusing on the outcome, mm-hmm. you know, as long as the individuals not a threat to you themselves or anyone else, yeah. what can you actually do? Yes, sir. And if you can do it, let's move forward. Yes, sir. So you also talked about how diverse your team's makeup was, and that you're that's a point of pride as well. Yes, sir. Was it was it intentional or was it that outcome driven look? Was it was it you know I want a diverse team, not that I'm looking to fill slots. Nah, everybody. I need an Asian person, I need this person, but you just. 
I'm open to it mm -hmm. or and so that you were actively seeking it or was it just because you were looking for the best outcomes out of individuals the end result ended up being a diverse the end result ended up being diverse because I was mm -hmm. looking for the best outcome why do you think it is and you may not have an answer because this is a, a different level question, but why do you think it is we're not at a point as a country where that's how most businesses, that's how corporations, those with power tend to think? Because we're still stuck at, is that person a fit as opposed to, I need the best outcomes? Because we know data and, and everything wise, diverse teams make us efficient, they make us more money, they allow us to be sustainable. All the things that you're touting that Rocksteady does. I can give you Forbes, Bloomsburg. I can give you all the articles that prove it. Why do you get it? But I can't get all these other corporations that are up and down in Manhattan on, on in Wall Street to get up what you understand at such a young age. Uh, you know, it's uh, we consult for some of these Fortune 500 companies, mm -hmm. and we stress to them the the fact of like social impact mm -hmm. and you know diversity. And some follow, you know, some have their own standards. But at the end of the day, we get it because it's like rock steady is like quality control. Mm. And in that sense, it doesn't matter who provides the best work. We just want the best work. Right. And that's that's the best you can ask for of a person, mm -hmm. you know, to have the problem solved. Yeah. If you solve that problem, you provide the best work. I don't care if you're pink. <laughs> you know like um welcome to the team you know i'll get you a contract right off the bat you know um so yeah you know that was uh that that was kind of where our, our head was at with that and also being being a black person in america i've been prejudged numerous times you know like there's been numerous times in my life where you know i've walked in a store and like Security will follow you. Yeah. I have dreads, you know, I have dreads. And so instantaneously, right. people instantaneously assume mm -hmm. that there is something different about me than others right. and that they should keep an eye on it. Right. You know? And so, mind you, I've, I've, I've bought things that cost quite a bit. Yeah. And even so, in those instances, right? Like certain places, you know, it's all cool. Right. Other places, can you, you know, afford it? What are you doing in here? Can I help you, sir? Can I help you, sir? Like, so you know, we take it each. It's going to be both ways for a very long time, right? You right, know, right, right. but if we can bring ourselves together in what we do and collectively in what we all mm -hmm. feel is the right way, eventually the right will outweigh the wrong. Gotcha. You know, and you just got to, it's a patience thing. But, you know, I know people have been patient forever. People right. are saying, how much longer do we have to be patient? Yeah. Change yep. should happen now. But change starts internally. Right. It starts with the people you associate with. You know, it starts with the people who you affiliate with. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you're hanging around with a bunch of people that aren't pushing you forward, then you'll never get anywhere. Right. Right. So, <clears throat> and looking at, and in this region, what gives you hope for a company like yours, this young and diverse company that's about sustainability and, and solution based as far as solving problems? What gives you hope in this area? My interactions every day with people. Yeah. Yeah. So when I walk around sometimes through the building or through the neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I met someone like you. Right. right? And my first thing was, man, you were, you were killing the game in here bro <laughs> that was my first reaction when i came in here yeah, right? yeah, yeah and my first thought was how can i tell other people mm. about this great business here right and then for instance rebecca with yep. the cookies mm -hmm. another one super motivated like people that own a business mm -hmm. that are motivated to see their business succeed not because they just want to make money but because of the fact that they legitimately believe in their business yeah do you see that more here? Yeah, I'm gonna talk about speaking. Like you see that a lot more here in the people that you meet. You know, yes, there's there's some folks out here that are iffy. Right. You know, I've met a few, but there are some folks out here that are really great people. Right. You know, like I've met um, a guy named Bob Kalinowski, Don uh, Don Simmons, mm -hmm. uh, Dave Wychok, you know, Matt Bradley. All these people, like real estate electricians, reporters. Various different people in this in this city that are you know, um, really motivational people, mm -hmm. and 
I think that, you know, very rarely has it been that I look at another business and I say, wow, that person motivates me to really thrive harder, to push harder, to make sure that these options are available to businesses out here. Mm -hmm. Like we have access to almost every billboard across the country. Yeah. Right. And that's something that I would love to leverage for some of the businesses in this area. Mm -hmm. You know, highways, digital digital spaces, things like that. Mm -hmm. Whatever we could do to provide assistance, we would like to provide assistance. But I mean. We're not the first business to come to this area. We're right. not going to be the last. Right, right. So, you know, um, we do what we can with what we can, mm-hmm. and I just think the people in this in this town are very are a very motivating bunch. I would mm-hmm. say, you know, in relation to the work ethic. Yeah, you know, very cool, very very cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so, broadening that out, then as a company that's that's that that is undefined other than consultants, yeah, yeah. you know, and sort of what it is that you offer, what gives you hope for the future looking at this idea of, and thinking of entrepreneurship as a means of, of escaping some of the trappings that a lot of us have grown up with, whether that's again, LGBTQ or, or mm-hmm. a women owned business, black and brown, you know, marginalized groups who are trying to, to let this be the generational step forward. Mm-hmm. move us forward what gives you hope that from what you've seen from running your business and the businesses that you've sold what gives you hope that we're getting we're making a, a big leap forward finally um, the age of zoom okay zoom has changed the capacity mm-hmm. so of, of just about everybody's job mm-hmm. right now before you used to have to get up drive to whatever large office mm-hmm. that the executive wanted you to see him at right and then sit I love, there. I love how you said that. I'll come back to that. You know, <laughs> sit there and look this man in the face who probably took a cab to get there in comfort from 15 to 20 minutes away. Right. And listen to this person speak to you about something that doesn't particularly pertain to you, mm-hmm. but it's in your wheelhouse of stuff that you got to take care of for the business. Right. And it's fine. That was back then, you know. But now people are taking into account how much money that was in gas, how much money that was in rent that you were paying to be closer to your place of business, how much time you spent in that office. Just literally people, some people spend 10, 12 hours in their office. Right. Stuck at work because the workload is so much. Right. Now, if you want to spend 24 hours working on your work at home, Mm -hmm. go right ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as people are now in the mindset of as long as you get the job done, Mm -hmm. we are perfectly content with that. Mm Mm-hmm. Because people are now moving towards a results-oriented, you know, mindset. Yeah. It's not, oh, I have to have 500 people in my office to make it look busy. Right. Or I have to go check to see if people are actually doing the work. Nah. Listen, if you don't get it done by the deadline, I don't understand how you didn't get it done. We gave you ample enough time. This is what it is. And that's where you move forward. So, like, for us generationally, Mm -hmm. you know, we people will never go back to that. That like they're just not. Gotcha. Know? Yeah, they're trying, but they're <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> it's interesting. That's it's so. So for you, you think the hope lies in the fact that we've we've decentralized. Yeah, the idea that I don't have to pay rent for, as we said in my office, I don't have to pay rent for a physical office space yeah. and and house X amount of people mm-hmm. to give off the appearances or this traditionalist view of this is what work is. Yeah. Work can happen wherever work happens as long as it's being actually done. Yes, sir. I have a guy, um, business partner of mine runs a Poly 186. Mm -hmm. It's a partner company of ours too. And he periodically does his meetings on the beach, Mm -hmm. periodically does his work on the beach, (laughs) you know, periodically sits by the pool and does his his code work. Yeah, yeah. So it's like people are living a much better quality of life because they're not in the offices, because Mm -hmm. they're not stuck... With somebody saying, I'm going to dock your pay if you're late by 15 minutes. Do you know how many times people could be late in the city, in New York City, because of the subway? Right. The subway alone could have you on that train stuck in a tunnel for an hour. And then you get to work and your boss says, hey, man, you're an hour late. What happened? Sir, the train was... Should have left earlier. I don't want to hear excuses. You should have left earlier. Should (laughs) have left earlier. I don't want to hear any excuses. You should be here at 6 o'clock in the morning if that's what it takes. Are you here at six o'clock in the morning? That is the question that a lot of people would ask these people. Nowadays, they would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so now it's like, no, I'll happily wake up at six o'clock in my apartment and get all this work done by noon mm-hmm. and go outside and enjoy my day. Yeah. Reasonably so, you know? All right. So you feel, so for you, the, the, there's going to be a generational shift. 
Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That people, we're we're leaving the office spaces. Yes, I mean office spaces are necessary for certain things. Right. Like for mm-hmm. example, this. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. you definitely don't want people in your home every day to record <laughs> something. You know, but like, um, you know, there's just so many. If you don't have to do a physical job, mm-hmm. then I don't see why you should have to go to a physical office. You know. And now we're completely on a tangent at this point. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's fun picking your brain. What do you say then to those who are very traditionalists in that it's if it's not a physical job, it's not work? Because I mean, well, so there's two types of work, right? Yeah, yeah. And we've a lot of it. So I wish I wish <laughs> Nina was here for this one because this is this is something that she speaks to personally. Mm-hmm. You know, with the, what she does with her job, mm-hmm. um, she shows others in the world in the nation. That vocational work and technical work is not, you know, it's not a dirty job. Yeah. You know, being an electrician, being a plumber, being a a professional in a vocation, Mm -hmm. in a trade, is not dirty work. Right. Because that same work is what's putting these solar panels up. Right. That same work is what's pulling carbon out of the air through the technology that they're building. That same work is what's cleaning our water systems to with reverse osmosis to provide systems and technologies to give us clean water. So, you know, that mindset of those jobs no longer being like, you know, like clean jobs, I guess I would say, mm-hmm. it's out the window. The gov- federal government is paying $150,000 a person mm-hmm. per year salary for going to put up solar panels. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Minimum base 150000 That's crazy. Yeah. All you got to do is get some training, mm-hmm. you know? So think about it. Would you want to spend four years in college right. for $180,000? And then after that, you come out and you're like, all right, now I got to pay this off. Or would you rather go to a school that trains you to have a job that actually pay those bills when you get out? Right. You know, so there's there's pluses and minuses on both sides. Yeah. You know, office work is great. You know, it's definitely it's necessary because the age of data is here. Right. But the electricity that powers those those offices comes from somewhere. Gotcha. You know, that trade, that skill is what she's bringing into this na- this city and the mm-hmm. nation as well. Through a project that they're yeah. working on called Workforce One. Gotcha. You know, so um, for us, we really see a value in like technical skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just you got to have both. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, got to no, have yeah. both. No, no, thank you for that. That was interesting. It was just I wanted to pick your brain. No, no, of course. Do awesome. you have really, really? If you have any questions, really, yeah, yeah, ask me anything. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you. So, um, <clears throat> and so, so, sort of coming back to you and sort of Rocksteady, where then? What would you say um, to? To that young 17, 18-year-old, college, whether it's a trade, school, whatever, not so much where to go, but what advice would you give them about sort of just the future? Like, I guarantee that if they're in school right now, they're still hearing just traditionalist ways of this is what the future is going to look like. You know, we're still stuck in that. What we know in the real world today is very different what they're being taught in school today. What would you say to that person who's just sort of stuck and lost and... Well, I don't know what I'm doing. So uh, I graduated college with 3.9 GPA, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It was 0.1 off from a 4.0. You know, one class did it to me. (laughs) So, but uh, I had a scholarship for college. Mm -hmm. Um, It was in uh, track and field. It was in sports. But if your grades dropped, you get dropped off the team and you lose your scholarship nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that experience in college, and my experiences in high school, you know, they didn't prepare me, I guess I would say, for working in the business environment and saying, hey, I'm going to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Some people legitimately just enjoy it. Right. You know, but um, I would say don't let folks tell you what to do in relation to the majors that you pick. Because, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's a Haitian thing to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. <laughs> and... If, you know, you don't end up on one of those, you know, it's not frowned upon, but it's like, you better be good in whatever else you do, (laughs) you know? And so, uh, you know, a lot of people, they think that they have to be something. Mm -hmm. They have to pick something. Um, As I I don't want to say as long as you don't pick liberal arts, you're fine. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, you know, everybody's got to find their path. Mm -hmm. Um, My path to this point here was not direct. You know, I I was a nightclub manager. Mm-hmm. I was a bartender. Um, I was a landscaper. I did landscaping at one point. Right. Um, I uh, uh, 
I worked in a securities exchange. I worked in a shoe store. Right. You know, I've done like I've done at least 15 different jobs in the past 10 years. Right. You know, and that being said, like I didn't become a consultant because I was like, you know what? That's what I got to do. I got to got to get into consulting. I, it was because it was um, what I felt was my calling. I gotcha. guess to provide people solutions to their problems because mm-hmm. people were already asking. Right. But now, in your case, right, you knew when you got to this, when you started this, it was like, oh, this is it right here. This yeah. is it, right. You weren't, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't turning back after. Were you quitting halfway? Um, it's an interesting question. I my undergraduate degree was in radio and in broadcasting. Okay. So, in a in a one hand, it's been a very linear path to me sitting here in mm-hmm. front of these microphones. But at the same time, I was a double major. I went through I don't know how many different majors I declared over time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's been a it has been a uh, it's been a non linear path at a very micro level. Mm-hmm. At a macro level, yes, it looks like it was a straight. Well, but line. still, it's yeah. it's the it's the little things that yeah. the, that change that mm-hmm. the little notches on the road that yep. change that. The way it goes, you yeah. Know, and, um, it's what's important, though. Yeah, yeah, and yes, yeah, so and you're right. The feeling is there. That yeah, in the gut. This yeah. is what I was. Yeah, going you know, if you do. wake up in the morning, if you can wake up in the morning and say, "I'm perfectly happy mm-hmm. doing this every day." Yeah, or at least you wake up and you feel like there's something more that you would like to do. Mm-hmm. Then take a look at that. Yeah, try other things. See other things that exist out there. Mm-hmm. But. Really, there's a lot of things I'd love to do, mm-hmm. a lot of things I'd love to be good at. But like I said before, you know, I might not be an expert at everything, mm-hmm. but I'll learn a little bit from everybody who I cross paths with. Right. You know, never. You never have to sell me on free game. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely always take some good advice, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, you know, that's kind of that's kind of the trajectory. And I think anybody who feels it, anybody who feels that they're not in their calling, mm-hmm. you know, Listen to that, you know, definitely listen to that because you don't want to be 40, 50, 60 years old. Like man's 17 years, 3% increase in salary, still working at the same company and hoping he gets a promotion. Yeah. Sitting with entry level. Yeah. Hoping he gets a promotion. That's a weird generational thing. It was very weird because, you know, and that's because it's an entire generation of people who that is that's the goal is the hope for the promotion. Yeah. The hope for something better. If I put in enough time. Mm -hmm. And do what they ask, they will eventually see and recognize me. Or, no, you're going to see me now. And if you don't, I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to go do my own thing so people see me. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's people are long gone on the days when they were sitting out there getting berated by their employer, yelled mm-hmm. at by their employer. What? <laughs> nah. <laughs> like, people aren't doing that anymore. Like, you can't be a boss yelling at somebody. You can't be a a a, a, a head of a company yelling at your staff because mm-hmm. there's there are so many people in this world that would be happy to take the next man off your hands right you know they're talking about there's a work shortage but there's not a work shortage it's that they just don't want to pay people enough right and that's the problem mm-hmm. so until that balance is figured out i encourage everybody to become an entrepreneur i encourage every single person to go out there and start a business whether that is your main focus or mm-hmm. your side hustle. Mm-hmm. And LLC is the most important thing that an inter- that a single person entity could have. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, having an LLC gives you the capacity to do certain things, mm-hmm. to achieve certain things, to tap mm-hmm. into certain things that aren't available to us individual person. Right. And now with if they I feel like if everyone did a little bit of research into what an LLC was for mm-hmm. themselves, they would feel that it was beneficial for themselves as well. Gotcha. Because if you ever want to start a business, you have it now. Yeah. You want to go in to do something, you have something that represents you now. Yeah. Something that's your own, that no one can take from you. You know, and that's 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 as best as I can say, you know? No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And it's interesting because that used to be what we would say about an education. Go get your education because that's something that no one can take away from you. Yeah. And now it's an evolution of still do that, do whatever, however you're going to educate yourself, mm-hmm. but get an LLC as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know... Uh, People, there are certain instances where you might be in a, not you personally, but someone might be in a job interview and the person sitting next to them might have a double PhD. Right. And they have a bachelor's degree applying for the same position. And it's not that the person with the bachelor's is applying for something that's overqualified. They're applying for a regular job. Yeah. It's just that the tech industry has been reducing its people, its mm-hmm. personnel, 
Like I have our our CIO. Mm-hmm. He is a PhD level mathematician. This man can tell you anything you want to know about the calculations from here to space. Yeah. And he consulted for Google. And Google was like, well, you know, listen, we're uh, reducing our numbers with mm-hmm. the advent of AI. And so, like, it's funny because we do a lot of AI research. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we kind of foresaw that this was going to come. But it's like, okay, it can replace that, some of those positions maybe. But what about the other people that exist out here yeah. that are related to those positions, that are tied to those positions? And now since that main position no longer exists, those baseline positions no longer exist. Mm-hmm. What are those people going to do? Get back on the job market. And now they're going to be searching the same places where some of these college graduates are. Right. And it's a, it's a, it's a never-ending cycle until someone steps out of that loop. Right. And that's how you get out of it. You step out of that loop by starting your own or finding your friends yeah. like we did. You get a couple of your friends together, mm-hmm. at least you know you can trust those people with your back. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's a perfect, that's a perfect segue because I want to come back to something you said earlier as well is you talked about the, there's something that I have as well. So it's interesting. The, the odd collection of jobs mm-hmm. that you had leading into sort of where you are now. And you also talk about, you didn't say these words. I am the odd collection of people yeah, yeah. that create you. What is it about these, the random experiences or the random, you know, you said you're never turning down free game. What is it about you that, cause that's what it sounds like you're all you're really doing is, there are gaps in my knowledge. Mm-hmm. There are gaps in my abilities. Yes, sir. I'm going to just see who runs by me. And if you fill a gap and yes, I can sir. trust you, you get to stay. And yes, if not, sir. it was nice meeting you. Maybe Absolutely. we'll trust, we'll cross paths again. What is it about this notion of just experience the world and sort of keep what, what helps you move you forward and let go of what doesn't? How did you come to this? Because that's really what this sounds like. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's. My uh my business partner Kamar, mm-hmm. I guess I would say uh he's he's ten years older than me, mm-hmm. and so you know we've known each other for many years. Like we're all me, him, my best friend Jay. We consider ourselves like the three the three brothers, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. And um we have people that are older than us. I guess um our seniors, our mentors, that have guided us on this path. And one of the things that you know they've told us specifically since very young was look, you know, you might not be good at everything, but if one of y'all is good in it, then all of you are good at it. Mm. And we live by that. You know, we live by that to, to no degree, like to the end of the earth, without a doubt. Because like, for example, uh, 2022, we recorded a music video in Stroudsburg, got like 500,000 views, um, charted a billboard actually. And so congrats. um, Yeah. And like we, but the thing was, I'm not a videographer, right. but we know somebody who does Netflix movies that's a videographer, so mm-hmm. we call him. I'm not a producer, right. but our business partner, Slaughter G, is a producer. I don't know anything about the good ear for music, right. but I know the business behind it. Right. And so I helped set up our record label. I helped set up our business organization. Gotcha. But if I had to go out there and make the music... <sighs> we would have would have would have been failed you know so that concept of finding the people that are good at what they're good at and Mm -hmm. coming together is um it's a community mindset that comes from like i guess i would say i mean even back into like like the stone age you know um people can fight people will fight all their lives and realize that they've come out with nothing right but Instead of fighting with people, you come together with people. Instead of don't be the crabs in a bucket mm-hmm. mentality, mm-hmm. I guess is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Look, we can all get out of this bucket. Let's yeah. Let's stack it up and get out this bucket. You know. But so much business advice is if you want anything done right, mm-hmm. do it yourself. Yeah. Well, so so, and I'm not arguing with you. Just, no, no, no. Of just, course, of course. Harder. But I'm just saying. So how do how how is it? And I'm wondering, and this this may just be the gen- a generational thing as well. How is it that that we've that you've come to realize, and through the mentors and everyone else, and I think that you're onto something here is that idea of it's the collective moving forward of yeah. I don't have to be able to do it all, mm-hmm. but if I know someone who I trust, I can pull them in. How is it? How did we make that switch, or how, are, are we? Or is that where we are right now? Do you think maybe in the business world of if you want anything run right, I have to do it myself? 
is at one end of the spectrum to, I don't know what I'm doing, but I've got an idea and I know people who do know what they're doing. Those are very different approaches. Yeah, yeah. Some most people won't say, I'll collectively work together with others. Mm-hmm. Most people feel like there's a reason to butt heads. Right. Because, you know, they feel one person is taking food off of your plate. Right. But that's not the case. Yeah. You know, there's something like 7 billion people in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, or the whole earth got a whole lot smaller in the course of two years. Yeah. Like, I have calls to Pakistan almost every night mm-hmm. and Uganda every morning mm-hmm. and the UK by one o'clock. And then the West Coast by 5 p.m. Right. So at the end of the day, right, I've spoken to tons of different places around the world in one day. Mm-hmm. What was impossible before. Right. So if I can't find a person that has a skill set mm-hmm. and a temperament of of of, of unity mm-hmm. and community, mm-hmm. I'll find somebody. Trust me. I'll definitely, in 6.9 some billion people, I will find somebody. It's so interesting. It's such a very different point of view the notion that if I can find somebody with the skill set and the temperament, and I think that's so important that you said the temperament, I'll find them. Six point yeah. nine, like not this notion of it's my network only or it's me only. It's yeah. There's seven billion people in the world. I'll find somebody. Yeah, I'll find the person who can fill this in. Yeah, that's- somebody I know knows somebody who knows somebody who, and it's it's a chain of command thing too. Also, so the trusting part mm-hmm. is in the chain of command. Right. It's that. If I talk to you and you are the multimedia expert, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to anybody else in relation to multimedia experts. Because I found my Because person. I found the person. And if you can't do it, find me the next person who can and and make sure that they are of a quality of work that you think right. we right. would collectively put out there. Yeah. And as long as and but you also have to have faith in the people you deal with. Right. You know, you have to like my business partner, Kamar, like I said, we've been friends for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I trust this man. I trust this man in my life 10 times over. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care if I'm dying on the other side of the world. Be like, hey, Kamar, listen, bro, this is what's going on. I promise you, we will figure it out. Yeah. Together, we will figure it out. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, a, that's, it's, it's refreshing and it's so counterculture, I think, this notion of we will figure it out. Yes, sir. And this idea, but it's also, it's also not counterculture in that I think in a lot of marginalized groups, that is the answer, though. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if if this work of of seeing marginalized groups finally, of of hopefully you don't have to walk into a room the third time for people to go, he knows what he's talking yeah. about. That on the first, I think that because we're moving in that direction, maybe this is the hope forward that the world is saying, here are these people that we have held down for whatever reason, mm-hmm. whatever category they fit, yet they're still here knocking at the door. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, for however many years, this group of individuals has been knocked down and told you're not worthy. They're still here at the ready. Mm-hmm. And it's been done collectively for almost all of these groups we're talking about. Maybe that's the next wave of this business movement is that it's no longer I have to do it alone. Yeah. I have to protect my IP from anyone. Yeah, knowing yeah. Any, it's no, no, collectively. That's 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 exactly it. Let's share it. Let's collectively move forward. That is exactly it. Actually, you know, I uh, so I don't wear suits. I don't wear suits out of principle. Mm-hmm. Like Same I, well, here. I wear, I wear, I wear a suit. You no, know, like mm-hmm. family gathering, something nice. I yeah, wear a suit, yeah. but I don't wear suits to meetings mm-hmm. because I feel like, like I have plenty of expensive suits, ties to stand a third, but I'm not gonna wear a suit to meet you if the words that come out of my mouth don't hold value for you. Yeah. And so I'll put a suit on if I need to because the event calls for it. Right. But I'm not going to put a shirt and tie on for me to sit there and get dressed up to come sit in front of you and ask for your attention. I'll command the attention. Right. And if you don't want to listen, that's cool. I can go back to doing exactly what I was doing before. Yeah. And that's how I feel about every conversation I have with people. That's awesome. Because it's like, you know, we exist as we'll exist. Right. Things will happen. Like any, on, I could honestly quite literally sit in my house mm-hmm. and just wait 24 hours to see if my phone doesn't ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why, yeah. you know, like, I will never try, I'll never kowtow to anyone. Right. Like, I, do, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've, I've lived a very prideful life. Mm-hmm. And, 
my father is a very prideful person as well. Mm. And, you know, I feel like I've, I've inherited that from him in a sense. Because, yeah. like, my dad, he worked uh, as a surgeon mm-hmm. near Presbyterian for quite some time. You know, and one of the things is that um, he just, he watched his work get, like, berated and, like, mm-hmm. downplayed by others when he's doing the best work. And mind you, my pops has a whole background in HVAC engineering. Yeah. Like, whole background in HVAC engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? And so he uh, he always made sure to tell me that the work that he does mm-hmm. when he puts it out there mm-hmm. is the best work. So that way, whenever somebody comes up to him and says, hey, Jackson, this, was, this wasn't done right. That wasn't done right. It's like, clearly you must be mistaken because that's not how I left it. <laughs> so, so, you know, and it usually wasn't. People were out there trying to sabotage his work. Mm-hmm. And this is this is this is like like two thousands. Right. This is just recently. People in the place sabotaging his work. Wow. You know, he's putting things in places, putting things in other places, come back, finds it moved. Because people have the time of day to leave what they're doing in their day. To, go. to give that 80% to their employer to spend 20% doing something else. Wow. Wow. There it is. And so that right there is why um, we are going the way we are going. Yeah. And I intend to be a pioneer yeah. or an example of what people can achieve when they don't conform to the norms. When right. they don't conform. Like, I get it. People always want to say, no, no, I'm out there. I'm out there. No, no. We're not out there. <laughs> We're not out there. Right. We just refuse to, uh, uh, for lack of better words, yeah. to take you know the crap anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just not. No, it's it's inter- It's uh, it's it's eye opening, and it's a lot to think about. I think it's it's it's. I think you're spot on in the direction you're going, and the we're gonna do what we do. We're gonna build the best network of individuals to do what we do, and. When you're ready to succeed, we'll still be here. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. When you're ready for greatness, when you want to, when you want to move yourself from mediocre mm-hmm. to great, call me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, not, and I'm not chasing you before. Then. No, no. Like, yeah, we um, that whole chasing people for their business. Yeah, like, nah. Yeah, we don't do that. You know, because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like you're going to either do business with us or not. Mm-hmm. But when you choose to do business with us, you're going to know that we're going to give you the best work. And it's because you made that decision yourself, not because I sold you on it. Right. Because I never want to hear somebody come back. Well, you know, you sold me on that. No, 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 no. We always give you the best work. Right. And so I've yet to ever to this day have a customer complaint. Yeah. We've, ne- we've yet to ever have a client complaint out of hundreds. Yeah. Not one complaint. That's awesome. You know, um. But we're also very privatized people, you know, mm-hmm. like we don't advertise. We've right. never marketed. Right. We never advertise. Right. Um, we pray we stay very low key. Mm-hmm. We're not the type of people that have to have our name on everything. Yeah. So it's like, you know, let's say we were doing something for you. Right. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have to throw Rocksteady Consulting all over it. Right. We would just say, no, but Park Multimedia did that. Yeah. And, you know, but when you're calling somebody for the next one for something else of that same mm-hmm. problem. Yeah, rock steady. Let me uh let me refer you to my friend over here real quick. He has the same problem I'm having. Right. Yeah, no problem. And they're gonna get the, the same result yep. every time. You'll never get lesser quality because we make sure before we put anything out in the world, we do the best we can. Yeah. You know, we pride ourselves, it's our name, it's all we have in this world. Yeah. Like, you know, lack of better words, you all you have in this world is your is your word mm-hmm. and you know, you're nuts. Yeah. Like this, yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah. Yeah, protect what you got, so. Well, Apollo, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and, and, and try to figure out how to go from mediocre to great, how do they do so? Well, we um we have our website. It's mm-hmm. uh, www.rocksteadyconsulting.com, and that's a consulting with an I-N-G. Mm-hmm. And um, also, my email mm-hmm. for, for um, business inquiries, things like that, is mgmt mm-hmm. at rocksteadyconsulting.com. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, really... They could ask our past clients if they happen to know any of them to give them that, give them a holler. Yeah. You know, we'll put them in touch with the team. You know, uh, we're we're always open to new work. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I don't want anyone to think otherwise. That yeah. We're not. We're turning down work. We don't turn down work. Right. Right, want, right. But right. we very we choose the work that we do mm-hmm. um, prior to picking up the task. Yeah. For example, like I won't. Um, 
for we consult for a company, right, that's been producing a um, foot care remedy for like 80 years. Right. It's called um, Balasa Labs, mm-hmm. and they make the product wart stick and corn stick. Okay. Now, the 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 head of the company, Jim D. Gaetano, mm-hmm. is a very good friend of mine at this point. And that's kind of how we feel with all of our clients. Gotcha. If I can't be friends with you, I don't want to deal with you. That's a, yeah. You know, like if I don't think that you were a genuine person internally, mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with you. Me and Jim, we speak to each other every couple of days. Yeah. And when we say that we're with the business, you're with the business. We're with the business. Like we are, if you came to us and said, I want marketing assistance, but we know that marketing isn't what just is going to sell your products. It's introducing it to influencers, getting it into the right places, bringing that product to doctor's offices and saying, hey, you should start saying to recommend this to some of your clients and let them know they can find it on this page here. All of these various legs of it mm-hmm. are all stemming from that one question of, hey, can you help market my business? Yeah. And we operate with people on a percentage basis instead of always just charging a retainer. Gotcha. So, um, and I don't want to price ourselves yeah, out, yeah, but no, our, good, yeah. you know, our average retainer is like 15000 a month. Mm-hmm. And that's with like data analytics, marketing services, um, business strategy, um, connections, the, just the whole ecosystem. Right. Anything we can do for you, we're doing for you and you're going to see results gotcha. day in, day out. Yeah. But there are certain businesses that can't afford that. There's certain, not that they can't afford it. It's that that is just not in their mindset at the moment. Right. And so we say, hey, why don't we do this? Start an introductory part with you. And if we bring you business, pay us a percentage. Right. And so then we start showing our work. Mm-hmm. And we're perfectly content with putting the pedal to the metal without a dollar in our pockets. Gotcha. Because when we're done after 30 days, you will see the worth. All right. All right. Well, you all have heard it here first from the man himself, Apollo. Thank you very much for taking some time out to be on Representing Equity today. I appreciate you, Dan. Thank you so much, sir. Now, this has been an enlightening and eye-opening, um, and I'm sure we'll have many more conversations, whether recorded or not. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> sir. Absolutely, sir. You know? All right. Well, thank you. I'm going to release you so you can have the rest of your day. And for those listening, thank you as well. So this has been Representing Equity, and I'm your host, Dan Kimbrough.